Shut up and sit down. I think we have left off. Good. Took a couple tries, but uh, seems like the audio is there. Um, what's up, guys? Uh, welcome to what should be episode 10, uh, but is episode 9 because episode 9, for some reason, got deleted. Uh, I did about an hour and 15 minutes on various things and uh, came to my laptop today and it's gone. So I'm not sure about that, but uh, never mind. We press on. Uh, how's everybody doing? Uh, we are the 1st of February today. Happy new month, uh, the short month. Uh, February will be over in a minute. And then we can start to push forward towards springtime. Uh, sun's out in London today, but it's cold as shit. Uh, very frigid. Uh, that's me definitely being overdramatic uh, because it's probably about three degrees. Um, but the sun's out and I'm working from home, hence being able to do one of these episodes for you guys. And uh, yeah, so unfortunately we've lost an episode and we were covering things on there like, uh, you know, the family that was uh, held slave by their parents uh, in California. We touched on uh, the, the whole shithole comments and things like that. Uh, you know, various subject matter. Um, but uh, never mind, that one's in that one's in the air. That one's gone. <clears throat> so we move on. And of course, no shortage of things to talk about. Um, you know, big news in politics in terms of Trump and his State of the Union speech. Um, some Brexit uh, negotiation failures uh, from the point of view of the bank regulations. So that's great. Um, you know, but good stuff as well, right? Good stuff as well. We had the Grammys, uh, which was boring as hell. Um, you know, we've got further accusations coming out of the sexual assault or misconduct or harassment type. Uh, this time levied against uh, the SEAL, uh, not, not the SEAL, uh, <laughs> levied at SEAL. You know, kiss from Rose uh, guy. Used to be married to Heidi Klum. Um, voice like an angel. You know, probably despite the uh, issue that's on his face, probably doesn't have a tough time getting the ladies, I'm guessing. So I haven't looked into this one too, too much. But, you know, this movement, this uh, this um, victim movement, as it seems to be kind of morphing into, uh, you know, victim versus oppressors and anybody that's you know, not a victim is automatically an oppressor. So it's like you have to come on one side, uh, which is being the victim, and, you know, kind of wave your flag so all the other victims can, can come and find you, and then you can gang up on anybody that isn't a victim, uh, mostly men, uh, mostly, you know, not in the SEAL case, uh, but, you know, white men, for let's be honest, for a lot of the time, uh, and I'm not saying that, again, these people are without, uh, you know, without um, fault because, you know, any, you know, any, 
situation that makes another person feel uncomfortable is not good, right? Okay, we all know that. Easy peasy. That's good for everybody. But, and I may have covered this on a previous episode, but I definitely covered it on the episode that we've lost. Um, There are delineations that need to be in place for these charges, for these accusations, um, so that we can so we can determine the severity, you know, what the situation was. You know, we're going to, I mean, what are we, four minutes in? And we're already going into it, right? But let's get into it. Because, you know, we're seeing Aziz Ansari um, get accused by a woman he was in a consensual sexual relationship with. And the... The the claim is that you know he was like he was trying to get he was trying to have sex with her. He was trying he was trying to have sex with her. That's that's what the claim was. He was being like a pest, right? He was being like he wouldn't stop. Like come on, come on, like that sort of thing. And it's like, well, that's that's just called trying. <laughs> Like, I don't know who these people are, but if all you had to do was go up and do a homer nod to somebody and they homer nod back, you know, that blank kind of stare and it's just a very deliberate tip of tip of the head, you know, if that's all it took as a sign to, you know, okay, we're going to do this, then you know, consent almost like out of the window, right? It's just like, okay, cool, let's do this. Unfortunately, it's not like that. <laughs> Unfortunately, you got to try a little harder. You know, you got to you got to put some work in. You got to maybe spit some game, maybe do some <laughs> maybe do some lying, you know? Um again, there's a line between that and forcing yourself on someone. And my problem with my problem with this is like who is she? Right? Like we get to name and shame these guys all over town, but if you're big enough and brave enough to make the accusation and to make the allegation and you know, I know it's hard, you know, and again, you see the difference here between, you know, women that have truly been sexually abused or raped or whatever, battered you know, they have a hard time coming forward because it's a shame, it's an embarrassment, it's, you know, all those terrible feelings of reliving such a dreadful experience. But if a, if a, if a guy's just trying to get with you, you can tell the difference. You can tell the difference between you know, where your situation is getting precarious, perilous, you know, just trying to, just trying to get laid. I mean, it is what it is, but I I don't think we should be naming and shaming these guys just willy nilly. I mean, can we have some investigation before we start to just push it out all over the place? And, and just like, you know, I think, again, I think I said this on the previous podcast, but, you know, 
it's death by accusation these days. Because if you're not the oppressed, then you must be the oppressor, right? And then it's about the rest of us picking sides and choosing which tribe we're going to be a part of, which team we're going to play for, you know, all of that good stuff. And it's just a sickness. It seems to me to be a bit of a sickness. And we need to chill out on it because the pendulum swung and the pendulum is due to swing back the other way. Samson, relax. I have two dogs and one of them's an absolute psychopath. He's, he weighs about two pounds. And then my other dog weighs about five. And the smaller one is younger and he just harasses her all the time, poor thing. Anyways, if you can hear any noise in the background, that's, that's probably what it is. It's probably the growling. Um, but he just wants to play. Anyways, um, yeah, so I think, I think these, these issues and these instances you know, need to have a serious delineation and we need to start recognizing them on the merit of each, like each case, case by case uh, basis. Again, I may have said this before and if I'm repeating myself, I apologize. Um, but like I said, I'm just trying to get all these episodes together. Um, what James Franco was accused of, although he's creepy, you know, and he's done some creepy suspect shit with, you know, some underagers and some 17-year-olds and things like that. What he's doing is not, or what he's done, or what he's been accused of is not the same as what Harvey Weinstein did. And what Aziz Ansari's done is not even close to, like, the level of what a Bill Cosby's done. Now, there are all different levels in between that, and, you know... You're talking the extremes probably here on both instances, and there's a lot of gray matter in between, but it's about disseminating what that gray matter is. You know, I foolishly had to catch my, you know, I had to catch my tongue after foolishly making statements like Donald Trump is is as bad as Hitler. You know, it's a ridiculous statement. You know, we all have the capacity to be as bad as Hitler, but you can't make throwaway comments like that because it takes the steam out of the ones that deserve to have that thrown at them, right? If I call Anziz Azari the same thing as Harvey Weinstein, it makes Harvey Weinstein and the disgusting things that he did less. People will recognize that what you're trying to accuse Anziz, Aziz about is not the f it doesn't deserve to have that weight levied at it, thrown at it, you know. So rather than bringing Aziz up to the notoriety of a Harvey Weinstein, it actually does the opposite and brings Harvey Weinstein down and then starts to question real victims, right? And, you know, who's making this up and who's over-exaggerating and who's embellishing and it, it just shits on the credibility of it. And that's why we need proper delineation. We need to treat each one of these things on a case-by-case -case basis, right? Have some sense about us and act like, act like normal people, you know? We don't all have to be victims. And we don't all have to be mad about everything, even in the quest for, 
you know, progression and enlightenment. It's not necessary. Everybody needs to take a step back, fucking relax a little bit, and start to enjoy each other's company again rather than, you know, looking for all the ways that we're offended by each other. It's, um, it's a sad state because we're always looking at others, right? And then we just need to basically put a mirror up to ourselves. You know, once you've got that handled, then you can go external, you know? And that's pretty rich coming from me because I'm doing a fucking podcast criticizing the whole lot. <laughs> um, I just think it's getting a bit crazy. And, you know, I definitely fall on the Jordan Peterson side of this argument, if you haven't guessed that already, um, in terms of, you know, how how we should really be functioning. You know, there's a lack of honesty, a lack of discipline, a lack of responsibility. And like I've been saying for a couple of episodes now, accountability. We have to be accountable, not necessarily to or by others, but to ourselves. Because, you know, again, it's we have to be able to look in a mirror and say, have I got everything to do with me in order? And if not, take stock, take account, and address those issues. You know, and then we can start looking at these other issues like social issues and things like that. But... You know, everybody's fucked up. Everybody's got problems. You know, but are you smiling? Are you laughing? Are you having a good time? Are you getting your stuff done? Are you being good to people? You know, are you taking care of your family? You know, these are the things that matters, man, that matter. It's, it's, uh, you know, I can become a victim or a, 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 a causality of, is that even the right word? Um, a statistic of being caught up in looking at too much of a macro scenario and not going enough micro. Like, I, I, you know, I hate the term micromanagement, things like that. But I think on a local level, especially with ourselves, you know, on a hyper local level, you know, micromanagement is a good thing if it works for you. You know, it's like, it's the whole it's the whole put a list on the on the chalkboard or put or put a list on the fridge, right? Of things that you need to get done in a two-day period or a three-day period or even a day. You just what what, am I, what do I have to do today? What's 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 a necessity for me to get done and to get accomplished today? You know, is it you know, painting a wall? Is it you know, fixing something that's broken? Is it ordering something or, you know, tying up any loose admin that you may have? You know, for me, for the longest time, it was like getting a visa to the US, you know, not for any specific trip that I was taking, just to have it cleared, you know, and be good for five years on it, you know, but I just put it off, put it off, put it off. And then when I actually needed it, I didn't have it and I couldn't get it in time, which caused me issues in employment, you know? So it's just like, procrastination and you know how much of your day are you wasting you know I consider this a productive couple of hours sitting here um, and just talking into the mic whether it's you know cathartic for me just to vent a little bit or you know what the ultimate goal is is you know to build a community and to build an audience that are interested in dialoguing about similar issues and and you know have 
similar and counter viewpoints, you know, which is what we need to be doing. We need to be talking. You don't run and hide, right? So I saw something the other day. Uh, maybe it was the Jay-Z interview that he did uh, with, um, what's the guy's name? Van uh, Van Wilder or whatever. Um, the black host on CNN uh, or not, you know, not the black host, one of the black hosts um, on CNN, Van, Van something. Um, he did his launch episode with Jay-Z. Um, it was, yeah, it was a good episode. I mean, you know, I'm not, not a huge fan of that guy, that Van guy. Um, but the point that Jay-Z made was about, you know, Donald Sterling and how, you know, how do you deal with people and keep them in the, basically, how do you keep them in the open? How do you keep them out in the open? How do you stop them from, you know, scattering like roaches when you turn the lights on? And, you know, they they hit Donald Sterling. Donald Sterling used to own the LA Clippers basketball team. And he was caught, sabotaged, whatever you, I mean, the guy's an 85-year-old, you know, billionaire. Um, and he's, he's banging clearly got an open relationship with this dancer model whatever you know kind of asian kind of chinese looking black chick i don't know what she was exactly i don't even remember uh but she fucking recorded him while she was baiting him into making certain statements right and then she released it and it's basically if you haven't heard it it's donald sterling's this old man saying you know I don't care if you fuck black dudes. I just don't want you, uh, don't want you bringing them to the game or whatever, right? Like, so what the NBA do? They took his team away, and this was the point that Jay Z did uh, made on during the uh, during the CNN interview. He said that you know once you do that, all the other closet racists scurry back away, right? But if they would have just like levied a fine at him, then maybe. It would have kept him in, like, in the open. I mean, eventually he would have lost the team anyways, probably. Um, you know, if the players would have stood up and just said, I'm not playing for this fucking guy. Um, but levying a penalty on him like that is, you know, it's, we want, we want to find out who these people are. We don't want them to stay silent. You need them out in the open. You need the Tiki Torch alt-right protesters out in the open. You know, we need to know who they are. One, so we can identify them for sure. But two, so you can start a dialogue with them and say, hey, you know, maybe there's another way of looking at things. And then, uh, you know, at least you can try to engage in, in some sort of a critical dialogue, some sort of critical thinking, you know, that brings two sides closer to the middle because, you know, we're not that different as people. But again, it's just a bit ridiculous, um, you know, the whole this whole convenient outrage and moral superiority based on, you know, self-proclaimed ideals of how to operate in society, you know. But like I said, I'm on the Jordan Peterson side of the kind of gender debate. Um, you know, the whole gender wage gap, things like that. I mean, if you haven't seen the Jordan Peterson Channel 4 interview, do yourself a favor and take a little look at that because never have I seen a person come into an interview and I'm speaking about the woman that worked I think her name's Kathy Newman um, she came into that interview controversial and looking uh, looking for conflict 
you know, she was basically trying to paint Jordan Peterson as like a misogynist, out of touch, white man, privileged, you know, all this shit. Clearly had not done any research on the man. Clearly had not watched any of his YouTube videos. Clearly had not seen any of the podcasts he's been on. Long form dialogue. Any of his news appearances, anything. I mean, I don't know what or what research was or was not done. I, I can't call it because I'm not, you know, I'm not in part of that team. But the way she approached this interview was a just a just a farce. I mean, she didn't listen. She wasn't paying attention. And that's why it got to the point where she didn't have a word to say back to Mr. Peterson when he made a very, very honest and accurate statement about her being controversial and her, you know, not sparing his feelings. So why should he? This whole thing. You've got to check it out. Kathy Newman, Jordan Peterson interview, Channel 4. It's about a week old, maybe four days old now, but it is an absolute gem. Um, and she basically, you know, she contradicts all the feminist points that she's trying to make and trying to uh, accuse um, Jordan Peterson of. So, um, so yeah, I think we just need to be a bit more sensible. And all Jordan Peterson, if you've ever listened to the man, all Jordan Peterson is, is advocating for is truth, responsibility, accountability and exactly what I said before putting your own house in order before you go looking to save the world and I can't agree with that more you know and I've been really on a path of you know sort of self-reflection over the past few years you know getting my health and nutrition you know to a point where it needs to be um, you know just living a, a more healthy clean lifestyle focusing more on family you know that sort of thing you know ways I was absent before I'm not now um, and being more present mentally and emotionally is super important, man. You know, it's super important for your family. Um, it's su super important for anybody that you interact with. And you can't control what other people do. All you can do is worry about yourself, right? It's always the thing. Always the thing that's been said. Just worry about yourself. All you can do is worry about yourself. And I think it's super true, you know. And as I get a little bit older, it seems, it seems even more so true. Um, and it's just really about just you doing you, man. You, if you do you and you do honest and you do, you know, things that are going to have a positive impact on yourself, um, you know, and a positive impact on those around you, you can't go much farther wrong than that, you know? Um, so anyways, that's kind of a long way of saying, fuck the woman who accused Aziz, fuck anybody that's making a mockery out of this movement because, you know, women deserve this movement and, you know, they have to put up with dudes on a fucking daily basis. And most dudes are creeps. You know, most dudes are douchebags. Most dudes can't, can't put a decent sentence or thought together, you know. Um, it must be horrible being a woman sometimes, especially being around men, especially in the workplace and things like that, you know, or, you know, in social settings, whatever it may be. I mean, I can't imagine being like a five foot two girl who weighs like a hundred pounds soaking wet and then just have to interact in a place where basically anybody with a cock could smash my head in or, you know, physically control me or do whatever, you know, they, they so, you know, desired in their, in their sick fucking heads, you know, it's got to be a constant state of vulnerability to an extent. And uh, I, I wouldn't want to fucking do it. No way. No way. So for the ones that have gone through this shit, 
you know, on a level of severity that deems us paying attention, standing up, counting them and addressing these misfortunes and these, you know, these just, you know, these horrible fucking things that people have done, like, you know, that men have done to women and continue to do every day. You know, for the women that have gone through that, we need to stand up, we need to protect them, we need to celebrate them. And, and you know, anybody that's come forward to, you know, raise awareness about it need to be celebrated 100%. If you have, <clears throat> if you have been in a relationship or seeing someone and they're just trying to fuck you and make advances on you, Relax, get up, walk away. Because on the Aziz thing, what I've read now is that he actually didn't have any fucking clue that what he did was inappropriate, right? Because she didn't give him any real warning signs or anything like that. She was just a bit like, man, I'm not interested, that sort of thing, which is fine. That's it. But as soon as he texted her the next day and she was like, I really didn't like what was going on last night, he apparently was um, super apologetic. So what else do you want? Smear the guy, don't let him earn anymore, you know? And I fall down on the side of the coin of redemption in a, in a couple of different ways, right? Like for me, Aziz apologized to that girl. That's it, done, done deal. The redemption level for a guy like Bill Cosby or Harvey Weinstein, I don't think you come back from that. I don't think any amount of apologizing or therapy or you know, any kind of redemption is, is, is available for those people. They just need to go away, right? And exist somewhere away from the rest of us until, until they're no longer here. But a guy like Louis CK, who like, you know, is more disturbed from a kind of a pathetic standpoint rather than like a monster standpoint is, you know, he's redeemable. He's redeemable. For sure. I I mean, in my opinion, anyways, you know, so I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that. But I just think that, again, it comes back to delineation. We need to delineate these these um, these offenses um, and these misjudges of character um, on a case by case basis. That's it. So, um gonna drop that there because I don't want this podcast I feel like this podcast is like not as not in the way that I'm necessarily intending it to be and I, I feel like sometimes maybe I get bogged down or go on a rant about you know things that are maybe of a bit more serious nature I don't know I mean I haven't launched so I haven't gotten any feedback from you guys yet I don't know if anybody's even gonna fucking listen to these things um, but they're out there and, and I'm doing them you know as much for you guys as I am for myself so you know take that for what it's worth and and you know the same with the podcast you can take it or leave it um, but I do want to be upbeat I don't want you guys to think that I'm sitting here with a knife to my throat um, thinking about killing myself or, you know, thinking that the world is only doom and gloom because, you know, I have quite a, I have a great life, you know, considering, you know, considering what the alternative is, considering what some of the contrasting, you know, lives out there are, uh, I could be doing a lot worse. You know, it's a crapshoot where you're born and, and, and it's a crapshoot who you're born to and it's a crapshoot what your upbringing is going to be like to a certain extent but you know if you weren't born in a desert and if you were born in like a 
you know, up-to-date modern hospital or medical facility or whatever, you know what I'm getting at, could be a lot worse, right? I mean, imagine being born in sub-Saharan Africa. Like the difference between a life of someone born there and a life of someone born in L.A., for instance, you know? So it's just a crapshoot, man. We got to be thankful for it. Um, and and I got to put across, I think, my positivity and my, and my thankfulness for life a little bit more in these episodes because I don't want you guys to think, even if you've gotten this far, I mean, fuck, this is episode nine, right? If you're still tuned in by now, you're probably enjoying the tone of it, in which case I probably shouldn't change it. But I also don't want to leave out, you know, the full... The full breadth of what I want to bring to you guys, you know, like it's just a, it's just a weird thing because I'm still getting comfortable on the mic. I'm still getting comfortable with how I want this show to be formatted and everything is evolving, right? I'm sure you can tell from if you've listened to multiple episodes, the difference between episode three and episode nine are totally different, totally different, but they're still not there yet. And I'm not I'm still not happy with everything, you know. I've still got this fucking echo. <coughs> Pardon me. Still got this echo because uh, the um, I'm recording this from my living room. I'm recording this from my living room while my wife is out at work and I'm taking a break from my nine to five job. So I'm recording this in my living room right next to a couple of uh, huge windows in my front room, my bay windows. And then I'm in a big living room with high ceilings. So there's a bit of an echo that comes back. I'm aware of it. I've heard it on the um on some of the playback so i apologize unfortunately there's nothing i can do about it right now but i am looking at it i'm looking at different microphones i'm looking at potentially uh building a studio in my backyard just a little 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 box room closet that i can go in and soundproof because i mean all i really need is space for a laptop a desk a cup of coffee my microphone my mouse and uh and my iphone and then maybe an ashtray if I want to smoke a joint during the uh, during the episode. Um, you know, and that's it. So I don't need a ton of room, but the acoustics in this particular place aren't great. Um, so we're going to try to remedy that. And, uh, and again, just work towards evolving this product so it's something that you guys enjoy, something that you tune into, and something that you can get behind and support. Um, so if you have done that so far, thank you guys. It's very, very much appreciated, and I can't tell you how much so. Um, but I will do my best by continually improving the content and continually improving my delivery of the content back to you. Um, so what else is going on? I mean, I don't want to touch on, I don't want to stay on this uh, sexual misconduct or sexual um, harassment uh, tip, but I did read, and I think this was about a week ago, so I'm a bit behind, I think. Um, these guys like quit the Woody Allen movie and donate or not. They didn't even quit the Woody Allen movie. They finished the Woody Allen movie, got paid, then donated their salary apparently, right? To the Me Too movement, whatever. Now, just quickly, because I think I touched on this on the last episode. And if that if that is the case and that episode's gone, I want, I want to just touch on the fact that um, Woody Allen married his stepdaughter like 30 years ago, right? 
There cannot be a person in Hollywood that is not aware of the type of person that Woody Allen is. Now, I love Woody Allen films. I'm a big fan. And and, and they say Woody Allen's sort of like... Uh, Sort of like Marmite, right? Sort of like Marmite. It's a love or a hate relationship. There's really no in the middle. There's no kind of, ah, uh, yeah, that was an okay movie that came from Woody Allen. It's either really good or shit. Um, and for me, the majority of it, it is good. I, I really like Woody Allen's style. I, I like his um, I like his storytelling. I like his script writing. I like everything um, about the films. Now, it's not a 100% success rate with me. There's some dog shit uh, movies in there. Um, but you know, things like, uh, Annie Hall and things like Broadway, Danny Rose and things like, uh, films like Manhattan, you know, these are, these are great films to me. Even like, I even like, um, Vicky Cristina Barcelona and, uh, uh, what was it? Not Midnight in Paris, uh, from Rome with Love. Like even the newer stuff, like I like him. Uh, I, I think Woody Allen's a great director and a great writer, but as a person, fuck him. I think he's a pervert. You know, he married a little girl who, you know, whatever, maybe he did, um, maybe he didn't sexually molest her. I don't know. <clears throat> but it was statutory rape, I believe, when he married her. So something wrong there, right? And anybody in Hollywood that doesn't know or claims to not know Woody Allen's history is full of shit to me because you can't claim to be a big Woody Allen fan right and respect his work and then not know that he's got a proclivity towards younger girls right watch manhattan in the first three minutes of the movie they're sitting in a restaurant and his date is muriel hemingway and even her character in the film is 17 and he's 40 so you know now we've got like Mia Farrow's kids coming out saying that they sexually they were sexually assaulted by Woody Allen uh, when they were kids and da 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 and, and all of this stuff. But maybe that's true. I don't know. He vehemently denies it. So you know, take it for what it's worth. I don't know. Um, but what I do know is that Woody Allen has a certain propensity towards younger kids, right? Younger girls. You know, it's not breaking news here. So you claim to be a fan of Woody Allen, which makes you want to sign on to do one of his movies, but then you've, what, during the production of the movie, the Me Too movement rose up, and now that it's gained some popularity and it's a cool thing to do and the cool hashtag to use, you say, I want to be a part of that too, because from a PR sp uh, standpoint, it looks better if I do something and stand up for this, even if the accusations aren't true, um, even if he's actually never done anything terribly severe, you know, like not saying the statutory rape is anything to sniff your nose at because it's fucking not and it's gross. But again, we're delineating here, right? He's not drugging the girls, raping the girls. Yes, statutory rape because it's underage. I get it. He married her. You know, he that that girl became his wife. So was there a real love and attraction there? Clearly something, right? But if you've watched any of Woody Allen's films and you claim to be a fan of him and then you sign on to do one of his movies, I got to question your motivation when you donate your salary afterwards. Because if you really had a problem with him, 
and his behavior and his, you know, past activities like they say, then you wouldn't have signed on to do the movie in the first place. Right? So you've either known what he was like, right? You've known what he was like and you do the film anyways and then respond to a movement that's gaining momentum and then try to be a part of it from a PR standpoint. Or what? You didn't know what one of the most famous directors in Hollywood's Hollywood was all about and this became a massive shock and surprise to you and it was the first time you'd ever heard it when one of Mia Farrow's or both of Mia Farrow's kids have come out and said Woody Allen raped me when I was a kid I mean come on look through it a little bit it's fucking it's so transparent to me you know Mark Wahlberg didn't want to donate a million five to this movement he did it because um what's her face Carrie Mulligan you know either she found out or somebody found out and leaked it that you know he got paid more than she did and it's like oh fuck okay so do you think he wanted to donate that do you think if this report didn't come out that he would have the fuck off he wouldn't have donated that money he wouldn't have said you know what I realize there's a discrepancy in our pay. Let me donate the difference to a charity of your choice. Chivalry is not necessarily dead, but it's less voluntary than that, you know? So, again, I question motives. I question motives. You know, speaking of motives... State of the Union speech. Got that queued up to watch. Probably should have watched it before um, I pressed record on this episode, but I wanted to get this episode out and I don't have a ton of time today uh, to do that. So, um, you know, fuck this guy. You know, his State of the Union. I mean, if you could, the little bits that I've seen of it, you can tell so easily where the script ends and Donald Trump begins, right? Like, even on the campaign trail, he was like, I can act presidential. All you got to do is walk out, do, 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 do. you know, adjust your tie, look straight ahead, and uh, and there I am. There I'm being presidential. No, it's a bit more than that. And you're fucking terrible at hiding it. You're not fooling. Well, I can't say you're not fooling anybody because <coughs> people have come out afterwards and said, not bad. Not bad. <coughs> Pardon me. A little coffee there. Um, he was clapping for himself you know the narcissist was clapping for himself not only that but PolitiFact did an audit of the uh, State of the Union address and in fact they've audited him something like 450 times during his presidency and correlated the percentages between his statements that are 100% true and then the ones that are basically just bold-faced lies. And then there's um, there are there are kind of like it ascends, right? It goes from completely true, mostly true, not really, mostly false, complete lie, right? 
And I think it's something like 65% is is on that spectrum of not being true to boldface lie. 4%. Okay? 4% of his of of Trump's statements 4 4% of Trump's statements are complete and utter bullshit. There's something like another 16% that is mostly bullshit. Right? And I might be I may be slightly off on that number, but I can pull it up um, on Twitter. Um, go have a look at that. It's you know it's it's right there. Um, but more than I think it's like 60-40 complete bullshit spectrum to to telling the truth spectrum. Not good enough. Not good enough. And the things that are happening that are positive in America are not due to Donald Trump, right? He's eased regulations, sure. Does that give a bit of consumer confidence? Sure. Does that create, within a year, the lowest black unemployment rate ever recorded? No. Does it cause month-on-month, quarter-on-quarter, like, doubles of the stock market? No, it doesn't. Trends and cycles do. Okay. He claims credit for everything and is responsible for almost nothing. Now, the tax plan that he released will lower taxes, but it will lower taxes temporarily for citizens and permanently for corporations. So you can see where the favorability lies right there. So even the good stuff he does or tries to do ends up not being the case, right? Because it's like in a couple of years, those taxes are going to run out. Then what happens? Well, let's be honest with you. Consumer confidence and the stock market do not equal a strong economy. And what's happening here from a jobs perspective, if you look at it, his last quarter of jobs is actually down from the quarter previous. So I wonder if the market is starting to react, actually react. And it'll be interesting to see where we're going because overall, I heard this podcast from a friend of mine does um, from Taiwan, I think he uh, he, he resides in, um, but he does it over there. And, and he's more of a, I, th- I, would like, I would venture a guess to say he's a bit more on the right wing than I am with things. He's a bit more conservative than I am with things. And he grades, he was grading Trump and, and saying, you know, I think Trump's got a, you know, a, a B for this or a C for this or whatever. And I just couldn't get behind what he was saying because he was talking about like the statements and the fact that he's a troll and giving him like an A plus for trolling. The last thing I want the leader of the free world to be is a fucking Twitter troll. Yeah. I want him to basically just deliver facts. Not his own facts. You don't get to make your own facts. You get to deliver facts, but you can't make your own, right? I can't I can't say the sun's made out of orange water or yellow water, right? God's dog didn't take a piss on the sun. That's not the reason for the color. As much as I might want that to be fact, you know, I, I can't do it. You know, I want to think that my dog 
understands every fucking word that I tell it or tell them because I have two. And they don't. They understand certain words for sure. You can't make your own facts up. Facts are facts. But this guy just seems to make shit up all the time. And I give him a fucking F if we're grading this cocksucker. I give him a, I give him, a, him an F as a person, as a leader, as a diplomat, as a thinker, um, as a humanitarian. He fails across the board. The only thing he gets passing grades in is being a bully, a troll, disrespectful, misogynist, you know, again, I'm not going to level a claim like he's Hitler or anything like that, but let him press the wrong button once and guess where this thing goes. The guy's completely unstable. And then his physician comes out and says he's in great cognitive and physical health. Well, he's not because he's 71 years old. He's on cholesterol medication. He's on Propecia. And the recommendations from his physical, uh, from his physician was that he needs to change his diet and start doing exercise. Other than that, he's in perfect shape. You're on cholesterol medication. You're taking, you're taking medication to stop that wake from blowing away. And your doctor recommends that you need to start exercising. Not exercising more. You need to start exercising and you need to start eating better. Well, that means you've got a problem with your diet. You've got a problem with your physiology. Because he has the same makeup as like crackling. I mean, if you've seen any of the pictures of him smushed up into a golf cart, you can tell how healthy the man is, you know? Um, and if you're not healthy physically, chances are you're going to suffer mentally. And we can see it, right? We can see it from the guy. But um, it's demonstrated all the time. And now it's looking closer and closer like there is an actual obstruction for justice case there. You know, he tried to fire the guy investigating him. It's just lunacy, man. It's lunacy. So what are we going to do when we find out he obstructed justice? Will they then impeach him? Will his own party finally turn on him? Because right now they're acting like a bunch of cuckolds. The screenshots that I saw from the State of the Union with Paul Ryan and um, Mike Pence sitting behind him. I mean, Jesus, what a couple of fuckboys. Everybody on that side. I mean, I mean, fuck the Democrats, too, because they're a bunch of dickheads. And I saw something now that there's like a Kennedy the third um, that may be the new uh, the new hope for the Democrats. And I don't know. I have to look into him a bit more. Um, but we'll see. But these fucking Republicans... The way that they're putting their party first over their constituents <coughs> and over the strength and the health of their country is disgraceful and they should all be fired as a result. So I'm going to watch the State of the Union.
and then maybe have some more feedback on it. But I heard it was a self-congratulatory um, circle jerk, basically. Um, so it's going to be a troubling one, probably a difficult one to sit through, but I'm going to watch it anyways. Um, but the Jay-Z interview was good. And then he fucking tweets at Jay-Z. Like somebody tell Jay-Z that black unemployment is the lowest it's ever been in history. And it's like, dude, he was raising such bigger issues than that. Like, were you even watching or did somebody on Fox and Friends just tweet that and you just copied it? You know, it's it's a fucking joke, really. It's such a joke. Um, anyways, off Trump. Off Trump. But like Jay-Z said, you know, it was a really good point. We need this. You know, sometimes you need this to help you understand you know, what what you had before and what you want to get back. Maybe. Or maybe this is the beginning of the implosion. Who knows? We will see. We will see. Again, I didn't want to go down that negative route and talk shit, but there's so much to talk about. There's so much to talk about. And it usually falls down on that side, you know, being a little quirky, a little distressing, a little worrying and concerning, but ultimately pathetic. You know, the fact that a guy like Donald Trump got elected is pathetic. Let's be honest. It's pathetic because the Democrats didn't have anybody better to throw up than a crooked woman like Hillary Clinton that sabotaged Bernie Sanders. It's sad that there was no Republican candidate that could hang with a first time politician who's just a big shit talker because of his time on TV. And it's a shame that the American people couldn't see what was happening. And if they could, it's sad that they didn't act differently. And I hope they've learned a lesson. Because their fuck up doesn't just affect them. All right? It affects us all. I got a fucking prime minister over here that's now like cuddling up to this prick because of Brexit, which she fucking induced. And it's following through with. And it's going to cause such a shitstorm with our trade partners or our ex-trade partners in Europe and globally that the only major friend that we have to rely on now is the USA. Great job. I don't understand people who don't see the benefit in multilateral deals. I get the fact that if you do just a bilateral deal and it doesn't work out, you can tell one person basically to go fuck themselves. But strength in numbers, right? Again, it goes back to the point. We all need to be talking. We all need to be interacting. We all need to be coming at this thing with a goal of reaching the center. The center is common good for as many possible people as we can, right? There's always going to be discrepancies. There's always going to be the people that have more. There's always going to be the people that have less. But we work on the best form of equality. And we don't do that without communication. So we don't do that without relationships. So now, you know, Theresa May and Donald Trump, that's the team. That's the team in two of the powerhouses of the world. That's the fucking leaders. I mean, whew, brutal, right? 
brutal. But Elon Musk is too busy launching rockets over California trying to trick people into thinking that there's an alien spacecraft that's invading us or selling flamethrowers. What the fuck is that all about? I still haven't found the reason why he's selling flamethrowers. $500 and you can buy a kick-ass handheld flamethrower. No backpack. At least it didn't look like it on the website, on the uh, Boring Company website. But apparently he's raised like seven and a half million in like a week just off these flamethrowers. It's fucking crazy. I almost ordered one myself. It's so hilarious as well because it's like $500 for the flamethrower and there's like a little gif of like a guy and a girl standing there with them like lit up just like, just like, you know, ready to do some shit from the running man. Um, just light it up and then scroll down a little bit further and there's a, uh, there's a fire extinguisher not included. $30 for that. <laughs> got to make it cheap, right? You got to have it because I'm surprised the reports already haven't come out that people have been setting each other on fire with these because we can't be trusted. You know, we're, you know, the best of us are cautious. The worst of us are absolutely ignorant shitheads. And <coughs> maybe the price point is a, is a little bit of a put off for those people that would be, you know, typically, you know, maybe more likely to um, stick a huge firecracker up their ass and light it with this flamethrower and end up singeing and giving themselves third degree burns over the lower half of their body or whatever. Um, maybe there's a barrier to entry there in terms of purchase power. I don't know. Um, but I don't know why he's selling them. So again, I don't know when this thing's going to publish, but once it does, you'll have all the Twitter handles and all the social handles and things like that. If you know, and I'll like, I'm going to look into it a little bit more, but if you know, hit me up because I definitely want to find out what the hell's going on with that. But it's funny to me, like he'll just like, <coughs> he'll launch hats and make a couple million off that. He'll launch a flamethrower, make a few million off that. It's just like quick injections of cash and stuff. He's such a, he's such a gangster. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, he's redesigning the transport system under LA as we speak. You know, the guy, this is the guy that you want probably leading things, you know, making decisions and, you know, but I think ultimately we need a collective and not a singular because there needs to be elected representatives from across the spectrum that have a hand in making the decision-making policies. And I know people are out there probably saying like, oh, well, that's kind of how it works with Congress and the House and... Um, and the House of Lords and the House of Commons and things like that. And it's like, yeah, I get that. But there's still one person at the top of the spear. And I think that's wrong. I think it should be more of a collective decision making. Democratically, right? Democratically, it has to funnel down. Elected representatives. Maybe I should run. Who knows? What else is going on? Just trying to think. Nothing. We got some UFC to talk about, but I'm gonna do that in a different episode. We're almost at an hour, guys. So, plenty of shit going on, plenty of stuff to talk about. Uh, touched on a couple of bits there because I wanted to get those off the plate and we're going to come back fresh, powerful on the next episode. So um, thanks for listening, guys. 
Uh, I'm going to cut this one off now. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed the episode. If you did, give us a like, give us a subscribe. Um, you know, blast us out. Reach out. Guys want to hear from you. Want to want to know what you're thinking, uh, what you're feeling about the show so far. Any improvements you want to see, anything that we should add, anything we should get rid of, um, so on and so forth. But this is episode nine of the Quiet Part Loud podcast. I'm your host, Daryl. It's been a pleasure once again. And uh, until next time. All the best, guys.